Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Nerdificent with... Danny and Ify. I'm Ify Wadiway. Danny is at New York City Comic Con, so it's just me and my special guest, and I'm super excited. Uh, our guest has a mission, and I'm happy to be a part of that mission. Uh, we've interacted so much online. He's laid witness to uh, shots fired between me and Zig, <laughs> respectively, for the longest. We're talking about Jeff Trammell. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. Thank yeah, you yeah. so much for having me. Oh, man. No, thank you. I mean, uh, you know, before we even get into anything, I just want to talk about, you know, everything that you've done. So you're the head writer of Craig of the Creek, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you've came up through, was it Nick's uh, writing uh, program? Program, yep. writing program. So, you you know, your success story around <laughs> all that. And have you always wanted to do animation? Uh, no, man. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Uh, so I went after that for a while. Oh, nice. And... Then I was like, oh, yeah, this hurts a lot. I mean, <laughs> I uh, don't like feeling like an old man with no back when uh, when I wake up at the age of 18. <laughs> so uh, I uh, eventually moved into, like, uh, I went to a trade school in Michigan mm-hmm. uh, where I studied, like, video production. And one day I caught an episode of 30 Rock. I was like, okay, wait, yeah. you can get paid to write? No one told me this. And you can do comedy and you don't have to, like, write books. <laughs> so uh that was kind of when i like realigned my focus and that was i was 20 at the time and uh took up writing taught myself uh didn't go to college and then when uh i was 25 applied for the nick writing program got in moved out here uh and been out working in uh animation for the last four years nice wow that's uh so dope so what was the was what was the first show you worked on? Uh, first show I ever worked on was a show called Harvey Beaks at Nickelodeon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was produced or created by C. H. Greenblatt, who also created the show Chowder, which you might know. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so uh, that was a great like start for me because the room was like super welcoming and everyone taught me a lot. It was like the perfect room for me to start in. And within like two months in that room, they gave me a freelance episode, which hardly ever happens. 
And uh, that was the first show I worked on. Then I moved around to uh, Nickelodeon's upcoming show, Glitch Techs, uh, and a bunch of other shows that I can't name yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mainly Craig of the Creek, where I started as the staff writer for season one, then got promoted to head writer for seasons two and three. Wow. Well, big congrats. And already, already Thanks, that, with that dope resume coming in. <laughs> Uh, so what's something uh, you're 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 geeking out about this week? So this might be old for you, but <laughs> I'm looking for people to talk about it with. Uh, I just started reading and watching My Hero Academia. Oh yeah, no. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm still season one. So mm. so so no. We're 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 ready. I'm gonna start chopping it up with you on that. Okay. But you've been digging it. Oh man, I started reading it four days ago. Uh, and I'm on chapter 102. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it pretty hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, <laughs> you're deep in it. <laughs> well, for me, I just did TwitchCon. I was uh, down in San Diego for TwitchCon. And TwitchCon is one of the most exciting times of year for me now. This was my third one. And now I'm like, yeah, this is this is my jam because it's crazy to see like all the faces behind the screen name mm-hmm. and meeting everyone and just the energy around it. Like it's crazy. You're walking around and you're seeing people and you think you're like, oh, I know that person. Yeah. Like, no, I just watched <laughs> their face uh, while they played video games. So I'm, it's going to be in San Diego next year and I'm already looking forward to it. And I had fun. I did the season finale of my sneaker show on Twitch, Fresh Stock. And that went well. Awesome. Puma laced me up in these. They're doing a collaboration with the Cloud9 esports team, and they gave me like the f- shirt and the sweatsuit that they're coming out for it. And it's not dropping until the 10th. So, you know, there's a, there's nothing a sneakerhead likes more than wearing some stuff that people can't even get. Yeah. So I got to get on Twitch is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, we'll talk sneaks on Twitch. You know, we got to get ready for this next season. But yeah, no. So that was dope for me. And it was a good time. And now it's like it's officially Spooktober. Mm-hmm. You know, this episode, I, you know, since I knew you were coming, I wanted it to be. You know, not only something spooky, but something black and spooky. Mm-hmm. This is a property that, you know, had real prominence in the black community. I think the only way I could have made this episode blacker is if we did Tales from the Hood, which <laughs> I kind of am regretting not choosing that one. But, I will come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is, we're talking about Candyman, mm-hmm. which, you know, before we even get into the nitty gritty, uh, you were saying you haven't seen it in almost like 20 years. Yeah, now. it's been same, a long time. Same here. It's been a while since I like even remembered Candyman. We lightly touched on Candyman last year when we did Horror Noir. Uh, and we uh, and we talked about that. But like now we're going to truly go in because it had like an impact. Because it's, it's so funny because we talk about like, you know, needing representation and diversity now, mm-hmm. but nineties had a like big, like splash of diversity. You know, you had family matters, the Wayne's bros, you know, uh, meteor man, mm-hmm. you had blank man, fresh Prince, fresh Prince. Don't be a menace in South central while drinking juice. Basically the Wayne's were pushing yeah. that, like <laughs> diversity and they didn't have to hire anyone because their family was so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was another one of those like splashes. This was a horror movie that was centered around, you know, black culture, blackness and uh, and everything. And I remember instead of like, I know there was the Bloody Mary. You can mm-hmm. say the name three times. Three times. Yeah. yeah. And 
people said that for Candyman, where I grew up. Like, if you say Candyman in the mirror, he comes and he kills you. But it's five times. Yeah, it's five times in the actual movie. But in but it, but people were like three times in the mirror. Yeah. My <laughs> fiance still won't say it. Really? Still, today. Wow. I was telling her about it yesterday. I was like, yeah, so we're doing Candyman. She was like, you can only say that name so many times. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, it's not going to happen. She's like, still, uh, I don't want to tempt fate. Why, yeah. Yeah, why I mean, risk it? She's not wrong. Yeah. You know, it could. No one, you know, no one that I know has said it <laughs> five times. But uh, here's the nitty gritty uh, from the wiki ditty. Uh, <laughs> Candyman is a 1992 American supernatural slasher film written and directed by Bernard Rose and starring Virginia Madsen. Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley, and Kasai Lemons, and Vanessa Williams, based on the short story The Forbidden by Clive Barker. The film follows a graduate student in Chicago completing a thesis on urban legend, which leads her to the legend of Candyman, the ghost of an artist and son of a slave who was murdered in the late 19th century. Which, uh, yeah, that, that was, it's, it's so funny because I... Until re- revisiting it in my adult life, mm-hmm. was I really up to date on like the backstory to Candyman? Yeah. Like it's deep, me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> real deep. I always just thought he was just a scary man. Yeah, come and kill him. Angry dude covered yeah. in bees or whatever. Yeah, then you find out uh, why he's angry, mm-hmm. and he's angry because he loves white women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, let's keep it funky. Uh, that's that's the story of a black guy who loves white women so much he's gonna kill you for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. not wrong <laughs> yeah but there's all these other like um wild parts about it that uh i didn't know like the fact that it's from a story from clive barker so yeah, it has like serious horror roots and then uh you know then it got uh amped up <laughs> <laughs> we'll say so the forbidden uh so so we'll look at the forbidden and then like already off that feel <laughs> candy man <laughs> The Forbidden is uh, about a university student named Helen who's doing a thesis on graffiti. And then she selects a rundown estate to focus her study. She noticed disturbing graffiti in an abandoned building that makes references to an urban legend known as Candyman. Further inquiries led her to believe this is connected with recent murders and mutilations in the neighborhood. Although the locals are seemingly reluctant to discuss the incidents, she eventually encounters the Candyman himself, gaining notoriety by becoming his latest victim. And that's what uh, that's what happened with a uh, Candyman. <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty close to what Candyman is, except like it seems like it it just in short story form, the the ending is horrible. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the ending to Candyman actually isn't great. Like, not, you know, like, it's not a happy ending. But this one is just, like, in a horror fashion of being like, and then she dies. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a, it's basically like, this is a cautionary tale. <laughs> never say Candyman or you will die. <laughs> yeah, never say Candyman even if you're doing a thesis paper. <laughs> or a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> we got to get a Candyman count. Oh, no. <laughs> We've definitely went over it. This is this is how the key and peel version is gonna start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um so the film came to fruition after a chance meeting between director Rose and Clive Barker, who'd recently completed his own film adaptation of Nightbreed. And Rose expressed interest in Barker's story The Forbidden, and Barker agreed to license the right where Barker's story revolved around themes of the British class system in contemporary Liverpool, 
Rose chose to refit the story to Cabrini Green public housing development in Chicago, instead focus on the themes of race and social class in inner city United States. So it seems like the difference, because I didn't get to crack open the actual book, volume five of the Clive Barker <laughs> book, is that uh, Candyman was white. <laughs> yeah. And then the original Candyman, he was like, hey, bruv, gonna <laughs> cut you with my hook. Uh, sorry to all my... Uh, British listeners, all of them except uh, Drake Levi, uh, who I hope to disrespect any chance I get. But uh, every other uh, British listener, I truly apologize. Um, <laughs> there's just so many inside jokes of people I'm slandering. Uh, I figured as much. I was like, I'm not going to pry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Drake is a member of my community, and he's a black Londoner who... Oh. Uh, he hops, he, you know, he'll hop and play with me and it's like Stormzy joins my discord and just goes off. Like, that's exactly like, I wish I was joking. Cause like, I remember it was him and there's another guy in our community, Wolf Yami, and they're both black Londoners and they jumped in the discord together and just started talking, using slang words I've never heard mm -hmm. before. Lots of inits, lots of blood, bruv, mandims. All of that. Uh, I was. It was fascinating. I was like, "This is this is what we might must sound." Yeah. To black yeah, Londoners. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, bet. Nah, I mean, you know, you gonna run that back. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> like I said, this is gonna be a very black episode of Nerdificent. I'm um, hoping that there's that kind of dialogue in the upcoming possible Candyman movie. Yeah. Like. If it's updated like that and oh, yeah. like a, just a bunch of slang and stuff, yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that. <laughs> See, here I was thinking you were talking about the social. No, like, just want slang. Get more slang. <laughs> I know that that's going to be interesting because, like, it really like looking back on it with adult eyes, they really were trying to say something. But you know, it had a comment on uh, social and race issues as well as a white director uh, mm -hmm. can do you know you can only you're only so limited especially like because really the the foundation i do respect how you're like talking about like housing projects and all this stuff but it really is a cap to how yeah. you can especially something as nuanced as projects because yeah. anyone any uh person of color who's like grown up in the hood or, or trap or whatever you want to call it there's like such a interesting take on it because like there are aspects of it that are bad. There are aspects of it that are home. And lots of times when you're from the outside looking at it, you can only see the bad, the bad portion. Yeah. And that's how you kind of portray it. And, it's and that's like, exactly how it's portrayed. Yeah. Because even watching that scene again, last, I watched it again last night. Yeah. And the scene where they show up and they're like, immediately, just like getting catcalled. Like yeah. just a terrible place. And it's just like yeah. five dudes crowding around these women. And you're like, Jesus Christ. What is, <laughs> what is, why are you here? <laughs> But then also, like, you know, no, it's fine. They think we're police. And I'm like, well, no, you don't look like police officers at all. What, are you, what is happening here? Yep. Like, like I said, only, and that's what's so funny, too, is like just the, the, the aspect. Like, I, I remember, so I grew up in Compton. Um, and then I moved to Downey when I was in, like, I started going to school in Downey in eighth grade, but I didn't move to Downey till like 10th grade. But I remember a lot of times, you know, from Downey, like all the white people that I met, 
uh, would be like, oh, if I walked in Compton, I'd get shot. Huh? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yep. There are gang members waiting at yeah, the border just, of Compton. Oh, put your foot over, I dare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you know, kudos to them because I also did think I could just walk in houses without knocking because that's what all the white people on TV did. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 like, I was like, we both were wrong, but you were more wrong than I was. <laughs> I was so sure. I was so ready to get a ladder like Clarissa explained. <laughs> that would have been a horror movie real quick. <laughs> Can you imagine this thick Nigerian guy crawling into your room? <laughs> Fantasy for some, nightmare for most. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um, so then they they talk. He licenses it, and they're like, "Bet we're gonna make this. Um, we're gonna make this happen." Let's get into production, the screenplay. So the change of set necessitated a change to certain elements for the film. According to the journalist, according to journalist Steve Bogeria, one source of inspiration may have been a pair of articles he wrote for the Chicago Reader in 1987 and 1990 about the murder of Ruthie Mae McCoy, a resident of Chicago's Abbott Homes housing project. In 1987, McCoy had been killed by an intruder who entered her apartment through an opening behind the bathroom's medicine cabinet. This is going to be the first piece of information I'm going to rebuff. Like, <laughs> like I'm going I'm to I'm I'm have to side eye this report. He's like, yeah, I wrote an article about someone having uh, got murdered in a home invasion. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that happened. That's a that's a textbook crime, my guy. You're the one. You're the one who inspired this whole move. <laughs> like, I'm sure. You know, in Chicago, they had a few of those. <laughs> I mean, I just love the fact that like he was like, well, I wrote this article once in 1987, <laughs> and again in 1990. Yeah, so yeah, clearly, so, they ripped me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You ripping yourself yeah, off. Yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? This is irrefutable, <laughs> irrefutable evidence. That, and that's what I love is that it's according to, to yeah, himself. to him. There was nobody. <laughs> the DeRose didn't say this. Barker did not say this. He was like, nah, they stole it from me. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you get info from Wikipedia and why I like to get info from Wikipedia. <laughs> Because I feel like any official documentation on this movie was not going to mention this one report who's like, man, I reported on crime in Chicago. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you, you, we ain't got many of those. <laughs> Word life. Uh, <laughs> That's like you being like, yo, so Boys in the Hood ripped me off because I grew up in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I, they ripped me off based on a MySpace post I posted about living in Compton. In 2005 <laughs> and 2007. <laughs> All right. So, oh, and, and it's such a, like, anecdote yeah. <laughs> that I'm glad it was added. <laughs> so then... uh uh, there was some controversy that the film was depicting racism and racial stereotypes. This film? <laughs> Based on that scene you just described, yeah. I don't see what the problem is. You know what? Just uh, <laughs> According to Rose, I had to go and have a whole set of meetings with the NAACP because the producer was so worried. And what they said to me was they'd read the script. Uh, what they said to me when they read the script was, why are we even having this meeting? You know, this is just good fun. That does, what, what NAACP? This is just good-natured fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this must be the National uh, Advancement, uh, the National Association of the Advancement of Caucasian People. 
their argument was, why shouldn't a black actor be a ghost? <laughs> play Freddy Krueger Hannibal Lecter <laughs> if you're saying that they can't be it's really perverse this is a horror movie according to Madsen I was and am now worried about how people will respond I don't think uh, I don't think Spike Lee will like this film <laughs> to his defense he's right because Spike, Spike Lee, Lee don't like anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an easy thing Spike Lee's like, did I make it? Yeah, no, no, I, I hate it. It's trash. Oh my gosh, this is great because I I want to know how much of that is true. I just and love also, the quote, "Why shouldn't a black actor be, be a, a ghost?" ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, imagine how much better Whoopi Goldberg would have been instead of Patrick Swayze know, if, if she was a ghost. No, why wasn't she the ghost? <laughs> oh, this is oh, this is already off to the best start because I mean this is this is the the amount of gravity to approach this movie, but also it's like it's funny because it is like a tin pole in the black community. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so, important. Yeah, it's it's important to us because like, <laughs> like we said, why shouldn't black people be a ghost uh, or a Freddy Krueger? Oh my gosh! Yeah, this. Yeah, this this is great. I this is going to be my most fun is just kind of <laughs> diving into sections of this because, like, I want to know what script the NAACP was reading. <laughs> you know, because also like if you're in a script and you read uh, enters the Abbott Kinney projects, it probably doesn't read the same as when you shot the scene of four black yeah. dudes with sagging yeah, pants. Yeah, no, it probably wasn't that extra descriptive uh, script uh, because on paper, yeah, why why not? do candy man <laughs> okay um now we go on to the filming which uh although barker's short story is set in his native liverpool rose decided that the film would be much better done in the u.s like we uh like we said earlier um and he scouted locations in chicago and found cabrini green which was an incredible arena for horror for a horror movie because it was a place of such palpable fear what does that mean? What like, that, oh, this the hood. Like, is that just the what direct that means translation? Is he was a white person walking around Southside Chicago and was like, "Oh, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am afraid right now. Uh, this is this is the perfect setting. Because <laughs> all I can imagine is this like young white guy in a beret <laughs> walking around Southside Chicago <laughs> doing the finger thing yeah. that directors do. <laughs> Oh my God! This is horrifying. Oh yeah, this is scary. Let's do uh, this. Here. Yeah, this is it. This is where we make it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be diving in uh, some more <laughs> with Candyman. We're already off to this is uh, fun and spooky. <laughs> Spooked over, but we're gonna hear uh, from some of these uh, these these uh, sponsors uh, commercials. We'll be right back. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Nerdificent. I'm Ify Wadiway, sitting across from me, Jeff Trammell, and we are looking into the modern black masterpiece Candyman. Uh this is this has been the most fun. And that's that's what I wanted to do is because spooked over we go over scary scary things and there are lots of fun scary things, but it's crazy to look back on Candyman because it really is like like I'm not like I'm saying it when we're saying a lot of funny things, but I'm not joking in how big of a impact Candyman has on yeah. the black community. I mean, there's nothing. What's the other like big black horror movie? Yeah, besides Tales from the Hood. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think it's Candyman until Tales Us came along. And, yeah, you know, and um, uh, Get Out. Yes. You know? So yeah, there's been nothing for us. Yeah, for, like, yeah. 30 years. Yeah, it was either this or Acrimony uh, from Tyler Perry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The scariest movie for a different reason. (laughs) Oh, oh, man. So, uh, so, so, so we went to Chicago. He was scared. Now we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Such an excellent, like, now you're caught up. (laughs) Yeah, now you're caught up. Uh, So now we get to the casting, which is wilder yeah. than we, we were ready for. So 
Eddie Murphy was the original choice for the role of Candyman, but his filmmakers could not afford him, which means both <laughs> the film was off to a great start. But also, he's not the choice. Yeah, like, you can't be like well, and- the biggest comedy star is going to be our horror guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that's, that's how I learned my Eddie Murphy impression needs some tightening up. But, you know, y'all got the point. <laughs> I mean, at least you did it, so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> Uh, so according to Todd, I met with Bernard Rose, who's a brilliant mind and a great director. And I wanted to say, uh, and I wanted to say it was a hire, but I just, people kept telling me, oh, you'll never be able to shake this. And he said, you know, I'm going to do the best I can and go with that. I knew when I read it, I saw the beads and stuff. I knew things like that hadn't been filmed before. So that was interesting. And I always wanted to find my own personal phantom of the opera. Todd negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every beasting he sur- suffered <laughs> <laughs> while filming. He was stung 23 times. I mean, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> He's like, yo, you got to pay me a rack every time I get stung. But also, like, how do you, do you just lie or do they check you for stings? I know, I know when you're talking money, like, yeah. you're talking about a rack. I got stung a million times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm at the doctor right now. I can't, you know, it's the 90s, so I can't send you like a picture. My, I left my Polaroid in my in my Cadillac, so you're gonna have to believe me. I'm calling you on a landline. Oh my gosh! Uh, so that's how we got. So that's how we got. Um, Todd, and then uh, Virginia Madsen was friends with director Bernard of Rose course. and his then wife Alexandra Pig. And Madsen was original uh, was originally to play the role of Helen's friend Bernie, while Pig was to play Helen. Oh, okay. So he's going to cast his wife. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The choice was then made to make the character of Bernie African American, so Madsen lost the part. <laughs> Diversity strikes again. <laughs> As shooting was about to commence, Peg discovered that she was pregnant, so the role of heaven, uh, Helen was offered to Matson. Had Matson been unable to step into the role, producer Alan Pohl was partial to Sandra oh. Bullock. So Yo. he was like, wait, so he was like, first, it's going to be my wife. And then he second was like, the she homie. pregnant, though, so yeah, second it's going to be her, yeah, her homie. And then the homie couldn't do it, we going to get Sandy Bullock. What? I can't talk about, are you kidding me? Is this early Sandra Bullock? Because Sandra Bullock is Sandra Bullock. And she's sitting behind the, the director's wife and the homie. <laughs> Man, that that old te- that tells you everything you yep. need to know. Welcome to That's, Hollywood. <laughs> that tells you everything Sandra Bullock. Oh, man. So the film score was composed by Philip Glass, and according to Glass, it's become <laughs> it has become a classic, so I still make money from that score and get <laughs> checks every year. What a flex! I stand a king! <laughs> it's like yo i'm still making racks i stay getting money yeah, yeah. you better get up on this candy yeah, man yeah, i'm sorry it, hire me because i make classics <laughs> do you know the candy man theme off the top of your head no <laughs> not at all i couldn't if there was a gun in my head i'm dead i don't know the i'm just going here comes candy man <laughs> I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if we can find it on Spotify to get. It. And here I am contributing to that check right now. Candyman, Candyman main theme from Candyman. So it does because this isn't even his rap. This isn't even the track. It's from 
Halloween themes. So that so he definitely has some clout when he's getting uh copied by Halloween. <laughs> Hit him with a banger. Here we go. Prepare. Pretty close to what you were doing. I mean, I feel like he gets Here checks for uh, for like dubstep tracks. That sounds like every <laughs> the beginning to every dubstep song I've heard in my life. <laughs> All you just need is like, oh my god! <laughs> Look, we'll we'll ask uh, producer Dan if he used that in his uh, Gladiators track. He's probably gonna be like, yeah. He put his thumbs up. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> oh, here we go. He's talking. He's he's putting numbers on the board. Tony Todd confirmed in an interview with IGN that a limited edition featuring seventy five thousand copies of the film soundtrack was released in February two thousand fifteen. How many sold? They That's what I want to know. They didn't say all that. Because they can still have 7,499 copies sitting in the trunk. (laughs) Yeah, y'all ain't talking about all that, huh? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this release, baby. So the Candyman had its world premiere at the 1992 Toronto International Film Festival. They took it to TIFF? TIFF. That's crazy. baby. This was a TIFF opening film, son. And it was wow. part of its Midnight Madness lineup. It's, what is that? I don't know. It seems like Tiff was getting wild in the <laughs> 90s. And then it was released in Octo- on October 16th, 1992, where it made tw- $25.7 million. Uh, I want another budget. All right. The budget was 8 to $9 million Oh, it so it was 25. a hit. Yeah. I mean, well, you get the guaranteed 20 for black people. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's, we gonna show up. Yeah, yeah. We gonna show up. So, so you that was you you made a, a you made a free throw. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't sink it. But I mean, that's a huge come up. Um, I mean, there were sequels, so we should have known. I know. That, yeah, you know. yeah. They did all right. But now it's time for the critical response. <laughs> so Rotten Tomato has it at seventy four percent of fifty three surveyed critics, uh, with an average rating of six point three to ten. The uh, critical consensus raids, though it w- though it ultimately sacrifices some mystery in the name of gory thrills, Candyman is a nuanced, effectively chilling tale that benefits from an interesting premise and some fine performances. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing you want to hear about a horror movie that you make. It's like, yeah, it's, it's nuanced. I mean, you really got to think about it a bit. But the you premise know. is great. Yeah. <laughs> oh man uh let's talk about our homie ebert because that's that's who, you know he's not holding back ebert wrote elements of the plot may not hold up in clear in the clear light of day <laughs> but that didn't bother me much what i liked was a horror movie that was scaring me with ideas and gore instead of simply with gore all right all right that cool. ain't bad so they so okay they did good we got Kevin Thomas from the LA Times though he called it Clive Barker's worst to date mm. And he says it quickly becomes as repellent as it is preposterous. But honestly, <laughs> I can't slander this man. I was going to say, honestly, he could just be a racist. I don't, need, I don't need Kevin Thomas's lawyer contacting the podcast. So I did not say that. Oh, sometime, sooner or later, um, How Stuff Works is going to pull the plug on my mouth. 
So the film came in at number 75 on Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments, and the character Candyman came in number 8 on Bloody Disgusting's Top 13 Slashers in Horror Movie History, and ranked uh, the same on Hugo's Top 11 Slashers. Uh, Tony Todd, the actor who played Candyman, made number 53 on Retro Crush's 100 Greatest Horror Movie Performances for his role. The film appears in two sections of Filmsite.org's Greatest Scary Movie Moments and Scenes and Greatest Movie Twist, Spoilers, and Surprise Endings. Um, and that's 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 just all about the movie. I guess we got to kind of talk about the plot. I noticed we talked everything. Also, <laughs> we got to talk about, here's one thing about Candyman that I want to, that I just remembered that messed me up okay so this is the poster yeah i don't like that i don't like that but what does this poster also look like oh uh, yeah. okay the poster of Candyman shows a bee crawling into an eye and it looks very similar and it's like a very washed out white eye and it looks a lot like the silence of the lamb like uh one silence of the lamb came out in 1991 this came out in 1992 <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just saying somebody was copying somebody. I mean, homework. maybe it's just one guy who's doing all this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and he's like, it. all right, well, we got uh, James and the giant peach. We yeah, don't yeah. put a peach on somebody's nose. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, son, that you, did you see the numbers that Silence of the Lamb was doing? Put a bug on a white face. <laughs> don't don't do nothing else. Put a bug on the face because that's what we got to do. <laughs> So basically, the plot of Candyman has Helen Lyle, who's a graduate student. This is very much the same as the short story, who's researching urban legends and hear about the local story of Candyman. The legend claims that, claims that Candyman can be summoned by saying his name five times while facing a mirror, whereupon he will kill the summoner with a hook jammed in the bloody stump of his right arm. She encounters two cleaning ladies who tell her about Ruthie Jean, a resident of the notorious Cabrini Green Housing Project, who they claim was killed by Candyman. Helen's research turns up 25 other mer- 25 other murders in the area similar to Ruthie Jean's. Later that evening, Helen and her friend Bernadette Walsh, skeptical of Candyman's existence, call Candyman's name into the mirror in Helen's bathroom, and nothing happens. Helen learns from Professor Philip Purcell that Candyman was the son of a slave. Here we go. Here's the juice of the origin of Candyman. Candyman was the son of a slave became preposterous after developing a system for mass producing shoes in civil war. <laughs> Wait. So Candyman is the son of a slave who makes sneakers. Mm-hmm. Get them air during, candies during the. <laughs> Yo man, them air candy ones. Yo, I need them during the civil war. He grew up in a polite society and became a well-known artist sought after for his talent in producing portraits. After falling in love and f- with and fathering a child with a white woman, he was hired to paint in 1890. Candyman was set upon by a lynch mob hired by his lover's father. They cut off his painting hand and replaced it with a hook. He was smeared with honey, stolen from an apiary, attracting hungry, br- hungry bees, which stung him to death. This is a long way to go to just kill a man. Yeah, his corpse was burned in a pyre and his ashes were scattered across the area where Cabrini Brain now stands. <laughs> Wait, so it was like, first off, take his hand, yeah. torture him. He can't yeah. paint no more. Yeah, yeah. Also, God. we gonna kill him, but he can't paint no more. <laughs> Try painting and having Buster. <laughs> Then, yeah. then they was like, "All right, we cut off his hand. What can we do now? Well, 
I got it. Honey. <laughs> we, <laughs> just, yo, we, yo, so we just stole some honey, bro. And you know what I know? Bees like honey. They're going to sting him. <laughs> We're going to sting him to death. Yeah. Then we going to burn his corpse. And then we just going to sprinkle his ashes. Yeah, yeah they're like, well, he did put in his wheel. <laughs> then he wanted his ashes sprinkled. <laughs> and we know you got to respect the will. Even if we lynched him, we got to respect that will. And we're going to sprinkle the ashes everywhere. This plot is wild. <laughs> so okay. Sprinkle his ashes. And that, and, and, and essentially they just yanked poltergeist. They're like, yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's the, so yeah, poltergeist, you, you were, you, <laughs> you live on the burial ground of natives. What if we take that <laughs> and use it for this? You just sprinkle slave ashes. <laughs> I mean, you just keep coming. Yeah, yeah, and we built the projects on top of it. Okay, wait, let me me ask you something. Because, again, I started watching this movie last night. I didn't finish it for multiple reasons. Uh, I was busy. It was, I was busy. (laughs) But, okay, do they explain where he got the hook from? And do they explain why his name's Candyman? uh, Well, the hook, it's, they said they shoved it, the hook in the stump when they cut his arm off and lynched it. Why? That, I don't know. (laughs) That, that is a wild thing but i cut mean, his hand off and put a hook on it ha ha all right we're gonna, right, honey we're gonna burn you like, I don't, we're gonna burn you to dust and sprinkle you <laughs> all over maybe, okay maybe i need to rewatch it maybe who knows maybe that was his family who was like we gotta sprinkle i don't know that is wild so uh <laughs> helen decides to write a thesis on how the residents of cabrini breen use the Candyman legend to cope with the hardships of living there <laughs> She and Bernadette enter the housing project to visit the scene of Ruthie Jean's murders. There they meet Anne-Marie McCoy, one of the residents, and a young boy named Jake, who tells Helen the disturbing story of a child who was castrated in a public restroom by Candyman. While Helen explores the rundown restroom, she is attacked by a gang leader who carries a hook and is assumed, uh, has assumed Candyman's moniker in order to enhance his street cred. <laughs> I love when white people write gang violence. I love that he took his name like he was Rick Ross. <laughs> I'm Candyman. But I like that it's specifically like for street cred. Yeah. People are like, oh man, nah, nah, um, um, young killer ain't hard enough. Candyman. <laughs> That's <laughs> Mr. Blow Your Brains Out, not rough enough. Candyman. <laughs> Lil Shooter, nah, Candyman. <laughs> And I carry a hook for some reason. <laughs> this is great. Um, Helen survives the assault and is able to identify her attacker to the police, who believe him to be responsible for the killings attributed to Candyman. Helen tells Jake that Candyman is a made-up character that isn't real. In a parking garage, Helen is confronted by the real Candyman, who explains that since Helen has discredited his legend... <laughs> He must shed innocent blood to perpetuate belief in himself and continue his existence. Are you trying to not make people believe in me? I (laughs) also, I love that a coast from slave times comes back to the future and wants to kill more black people. (laughs) 
Like that is really you ain't catching no white bodies because that'd be number one on my list after what happened to me. I'd be in forget Chicago. I'm going to Manhattan. Sex in the city is not being made because Samantha, Carrie, they all done. <laughs> they all, I might smash Samantha. Actually, me and Samantha getting married, but the rest of them done. Oh my gosh, this is wild. Oh my god. Oh yeah, this is great. Okay, uh, so he must shed innocent blood so people can believe in him. Uh, which, by the way, another borrowed the concept because apparently the only way to defeat Freddy Krueger is to not believe yeah. him. Yeah. So, so this is also so we're borrowing from Freddy Krueger and we've borrowed from Poltergeist. Uh, Helen blacks out and wakes up in Anne Marie's apartment covered in blood. Anne Marie, whose dog has been decapitated. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, we gotta go to break. <laughs> We'll find out why this dog was decapitated. <laughs> oh my god, this is wild. <laughs> I'll see you in a second. <laughs> the Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you could give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details the home depot how doers get more done it took 11 years to get to the sale the nix anniversary sale is on now at knix.com celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of nix's biggest sales of the year Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Nerdificent. We can't handle this. <laughs> I'm Ify Wadiway, Jeff Trammell, right over there. We're reading through the plot of Candyman, and I'm glad we waited this long to do it. I'm glad we got all the making of, the all that out of the way, because the plot itself needs to be dived into. Yeah. Because also another thing to remember while we're going through this plot is Key and Peele is rebooting this. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, I keep, I keep calling him Key and Peele. I mean, Jordan Peele, my bad. Jordan, y'all, y'all together for the rest of my life. Jordan Peele is remaking this. It's going to be fun to see what he decides to keep and what he gets rid of. And I think it's going to be a lot of the chopping. It's going to be a lot on the chopping block. If it's based on what I'm reading now. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, so the dog's been decapitated. <laughs> and and Anne-Marie's baby, Anthony, is missing. Oh, okay. And she attacks Helen. In the midst of defending herself, Helen is arrested by the police. Trevor, Helen's husband, bails her out of jail, but Candyman appears to Helen again and cuts her neck, causing her to bleed to a point of unconsciousness, so she blacks out again. Bernadette appears at the apartment and is murdered by Candyman, who frames Helen for the murder. Helen is sedated and placed in a psychiatric hospital. After a month's stay at the hospital, Helen is interviewed by a psychologist in preparation for her upcoming trial. She attempts to prove her innocence by summoning Candyman, who kills the psychologist. <laughs> allows Helen to escape, making it harder to prove. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't his goal to prove that he is a real thing? Yeah, yeah, he ain't so why helping. is he putting all these murders on her? I don't understand. Oh, I, I'm starting to remember last time I read this plot. And just, you ain't ready. That's all I'm going to say. You are not and okay. we'll never be ready. Because <laughs> now I'm remembering what happens. And I remember why it, it raced out of my memory. <laughs> so uh, she, <laughs> she returns home and briefly confronts Trevor, who is now living with Stacy, one of his female undergraduate student, students. Mm-hmm. Helen then flees to Cabrini Green to confront Candyman and locate Anthony, finding murals depicting Candyman's lynching. Helen tracks down Candyman, who tells her to surrender to him to ensure the baby's safety. So Candyman has the baby. The baby's been missing for a month. <laughs> a month at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. A month, the baby. Okay. That's a toddler. <laughs> that is no longer a baby. It's his baby. You don't get to give it back. You had that baby for a month. That's your baby. Feeding it, honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby all fat because it's on a bad diet. Yeah, that's your baby now. Don't try and give it back. Uh, offering Helen immor- immortality, Candyman opens his coat to reveal a rib cage, wreath and bees, and kisses her. After Candyman vanishes with Anthony, Helen finds a mural of Candyman alongside his lover, Carolyn Sullivan, who bears a striking resemblance to Helen. Mm. This, <laughs> this and a message left by Candyman imply that Helen is a reincarnation of Sullivan. Candyman promises to release Anthony if Helen helps him 
incite fear among Cabrini Green's residents. However, in order to feed his own legend, Candyman reneges and attempts to immolate them all in a bonfire when it is lit by the residents. Helen manages to save Anthony while Candyman is destroyed in the fire, but Helen ultimately succumbs to severe burns. The residents, including Anne-Marie and Jake, pay their respects at her funeral, with Jake tossing Candyman's hook into her grave. Why? (laughs) I mean, why sprinkle a slave's ashes? Uh, True. Afterwards, Trevor, in grief and guilt over Helen's death, faces his bathroom mirror and says Helen's name five times. As a result... (laughs) Helen's vengeful spirit is summoned and kills Trevor with Candyman's hook, leaving his body to be found by Stacy. In Candyman's former lair, a new mural of Helen with her hair ablaze is seen, showing she has now entered folklore. The end. (laughs) So what I just learned from that, if he said her name five times as she came, then Candyman is this man's God-given name. (laughs) (laughs) His parents or a slave master or someone was like, your name Candyman. Yeah, Candyman Johnson. That's Candyman Johnson right there. Candyman Bartholomew Johnson. And you know he does some good paintings. When you get a Candyman Bartholomew Johnson painting, you better put that on the wall. Yeah, everything about this is wild. The, like, protagonist essentially dies and becomes the villain at the end. Which, you know, I will say is a solid twist. It's a good twist, yeah. But the road to get there is way wild. (laughs) I mean, I don't see why we had to body a dog in this process. That poor dog, that's all I could think about. Uh, And then, then, like, he kind of flips the script on her. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, baby, I want you. But you slashed her neck a few acts ago. So what, did you really want her? He was negging her. Yeah, oh my God. (laughs) Everything about this movie. What what is Keegan Mike up That was almost uh, Eddie Murphy and And Sandra Bullock and Sandra Bullock with enough people backing out. So here's the thing. Okay. I'm not going to like tear this movie apart, but I am. (laughs) Uh, I feel like we already (laughs) have. If the only reason Candyman goes to that area is because they sprinkled his ashes and what became that area. Why did Helen come back to her home to murder him? Unless someone took her ashes to that home. My thing is, if Candyman could just die in a fire, how hasn't he been bodied yet? Because obviously, (laughs) this man is not immortal. This man can be killed. (laughs) He died in a fire. This man could be shot by the many guns (laughs) available in this project. Like, has no one tried that? Why did Candyman not try to kill the faux Candyman? (laughs) The gangster Candyman. I'm sure he's just got a quick kill scene. I'm yeah, sure you, yeah. he had to die. You right? had to. You had. You can't introduce a character <laughs> like that, and we don't see him die somehow. We we just can't. Um, yeah, there's there's many many questions I have. Once again, I'm still going to revisit why <laughs> if you are back in, in Civil War, War slave times for very you know I don't even know if Candyman made it to Juneteenth. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think he made it. Why are you coming back and killing black people? Like you should have died if that's if that's how you handle your uh your grief. So. I mean, it seems like he would only kill white people. Yeah, especially like white men, right? Yeah, because he exactly. was in love with a white woman. Yeah. So yeah, why is he killing? And then black after people? all these years, still fall for a white woman. Who would have learned? You didn't didn't, get burned, didn't want to try one sister. Could have changed your life. You've been sitting there eating good. You out here running back to Helen. Is this a movie about me? 
So here's what everything we know about the 2020 film. In September of 2018, it was announced that Jordan Peele was in talks to produce the sequel. Oh, it's a sequel, son? Huh? huh. <laughs> I'm hoping it's a reboot. I'm yeah, just. It's uh, got to be a reboot. Yeah, uh, through Monkey Paul Production. Uh, and Todd uh, stated in a 2018 interview with Nightmare on Film Street, I'd rather have him do it. Someone with intelligence <laughs> who's going to be thoughtful uh, and dig into the whole racial makeup of who Candyman is and why he existed in the first place. That is a very late shot. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that definitely is a shot. All shots. Uh, and then in November, it was confirmed that Peel was going to produce the film with Universal and MGM, partnered with Wynn Rosenfield to co-produce. Uh, the, the film is going to serve as a spiritual sequel. Oh, mm. taking place in the new gentrified Cabrini Green. Uh, so he's old, already fixing it. Oh, yeah. He's like, we're not even going to touch. Yeah. This. Black people. Just kill yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving it already. So then... um. In 2019, we thought Lakeith was going to uh, possibly star in the film, but it actually uh, turns out that I think, um, yeah, in February 2019, Yaha Abdul-Mateen is going to play the titular character. It says in talks, but I know he's doing it because he just did a post (laughs) uh, about it. Um, But Yaya was an Aquaman. Uh, He was in Us. He was the the older, he was um, playing... Lupita's dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now his next is gonna be Candyman. So he, shout out to Yaya. Yeah. Oh, he was on the Get Down as uh, Clarence Cadillac uh, Caldwell played Omar in Handmaid's Tale. He was oh Carl and Stri- Striking Vipers. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, so you remember that? He's been in a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. So it's gonna be fun to see uh, see his take on the Candyman. Um, and I'm super excited for that. I, I did like we've, I mean, you heard us read through it. You know that it has, uh, ups, it has downs. Uh, I mean, what, what do you think, Jeff? What, are you excited for the new one? Do you have any thoughts, something you wish they hope to visit or not? I mean, I'm very excited for the new one. I am curious in the other sequels, if Helen's in them, you know, that is, that is interesting. Yeah. Because they kind of do like give her um you know that she has the she's the new candy yeah. candy man the candy woman followed by two sequels candy man farewell to the flesh and candy man day of the dead so let's see what farewell to the flesh well oh, i'd see a woman on this poster so yeah so in this one uh coleman tarrant father of new Orleans school teacher Murdered while investigating the deaths of three men. Candyman, one year later, three years after the Candyman murders in Chicago. Candyman is revealed to be Daniel Robitel, the son of a slave. Oh, it's a new son of a new slave. It's a different Candyman? It's a different Candyman. Um, Yeah, it says Candyman is revealed to be Daniel Robitel, son of a slave on a plantation in New Orleans. Daniel was chosen by a wealthy Lando. <laughs> Wait, so only slaves can take the <laughs> moniker of Candyman. Yeah, you yeah. just pass it down like the Flash. Yeah, 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 you exactly. Just... <laughs> but but it takes one. Uh, you got to be a slave. Uh, yeah, he was, and, and he was also a painter. He painted oh, a okay. portrait of his daughter Carolyn, resulting in an affair between the two. After Carolyn became pregnant, Carolyn's father organized a lynch mob to hunt down Daniel. This is off, just the same movie. Cut off his right hand, coat him in honey from a nearby beehive, 
<laughs> it seems like it seems like back then they had only one way. There's only one way to deal with a black man who sleeps with your wife. You cut off his hand. You cover him in honey. My father did it. My father's father did it. <laughs> and we're not changing a thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's in this movie has a separate incident of someone and for some reason they're also a painter. That's that's also what I like is also a painter. And yeah, they, they got Lynch. Then there's the Day of the Dead, uh, Candyman. So it's not it's not the same guy. Not the same guy. So several years after the events of the second film, the ghostly serial killer returns once again from beyond the grave this time during the eve of Day of the Dead in L.A. Um, yeah. Wait, why did he come back? Um, <laughs> I <was a> kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have no, 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 no clue. Um, but yeah, it seems like this time is the, uh, same, uh, same, uh, <laughs> candy babe. It's the same one from the first one or the uh, second same, one? Same one for the second one. Okay. So Tony Todd only played Candyman in one of three movies. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause this one is a new one. Okay. And I think Todd might've been like, I ain't coming back for that. No, no, Tony Todd. No, this is the first Candyman I'm looking at my back. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm, I'm going to choose to believe that they are. Two different murders. It's funnier if there's two it's different funnier guys. If there's two different, if if that was just the way back then, <laughs> you cut his right hand off. You kill Ruben Honey. That's it. Jeez Louise. <laughs> oh man, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on, chatting with me. This was the most fun, scary episode <laughs> that I think I'm gonna do in my life. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, people can find me at. Mr. Jeff Trammell on Twitter and Instagram, uh, J-E-F-F-T-R-A-M-M-E-L-L. Uh, Mr. with an M-R. I spelled it all out of, I don't know why I did it that way. <laughs> you guys knew. Yeah. Uh, if someone does a Candyman counter, please let us know how much how many times we said it. I know. Let us know how dead we are. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to promote? Make people check out? Oh, man. Um, I mean, Craig of the Creek. Is yeah. a show on Cartoon Network. You can watch it on the Cartoon Network app. Uh, new premiere for Halloween this year, or this, yeah, this month, coming out soon. So uh, check that out. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm sure I'll tweet about it. Um, also, uh, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Uh, I'm trying to do 20 podcasts this year. Which doesn't sound like a big goal when you're like Paul F. Tompkins or somebody, but when you're <laughs> That's just a week. yeah, when you're just like me, uh, not not the easiest thing. I'm currently at ten. Thanks, Ify. So thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, uh, a lot of people came through when I posted about it on Twitter. Uh, Gabriel, some other people, you were like, "Yo, come on tomorrow." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have three. Are. I can I can at least get three ticks for you because <laughs> I do have legitimately have three podcasts. Uh, so yeah, I'll be talking to you about those other two. Um, yeah, you've done like you know, if people uh, Craig of the Creek really jumping out at you. 
You did the Sailor Moon inspired character that like lit the internet yes, on fire. Sparkle Cadet. Yeah. Yes. You, have you have you done a DBZ inspired character yet, or DBZ inspired? We do a lot of DBZ references, but not a full. Uh, we haven't done one yet. That's what not about, to say uh, that we're not going to do one. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to come through for yeah, oh, you know a thousand percent. <laughs> At right. least DBZ or JoJo, I'll hit you with both of us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and you know me, if you Way on Twitter and Instagram, if D's on Twitch. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, uh, just keep hop in the discord discord.gg slash salt squad if you want to keep the conversation going fleckery my mod always keeping the footnotes in there uh if you don't want to just click on the footnotes being on in the app uh and yeah thanks for listening and as always stay nerdy for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.